This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. Really looking forward to sharing today's interview with you. Today, I'm interviewing Sway. She is an intuitive vision and brand architect, multi-potentialite entrepreneur, and a revolutionary force in the creative entrepreneurship space. With a background as a psychologist, mentor, artist, musician, and journalist, Sway's unique combinational approach combines energetics, strategy, and design to activate powerful, iconic brands for multi-potentialites. As a visionary, she inspires and motivates multi-passionate entrepreneurs to unlock their potential and create a life that they love. Sway's passion for empowering others and cultivating purpose-driven brands is truly transformative. Today's conversation is amazing. One thing I really love is how, you know, when people share their story, it's usually in the last like maybe five to 10 years that they go back. But Sway went back to when she was 15 years old and really shared about how her journey unfolded from that point. And it was just really cool because we naturally brought in human design and gene keys and we just talked about a lot of different things. It was a very multi-passionate conversation. And so I'm really excited for you to dive in and I hope that you enjoy this chat. Ah, Sway, so happy to have you here and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. And so I would love if we can start it off with you sharing how you got into the work that you do, because I find what you do is very unique and just, I love the language that you use and the people that you support. So let's dive into that together. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. Every single time I have a conversation with you, it's so freaking expensive. I just feel so grounded when I'm having conversations with you, especially with the way you bring the flow in. So yeah, I'm excited to get in and I'm so excited to like wisdom bomb everyone that's tuning in. So picture this, all right? Picture a 15-year-old. Well, let's go a little bit further back. A 10-year-old who would be, I think, in grade five. <laughs> I'm not going to get that right. But, and the teacher, my homeroom teacher asking, so what do you want to be? You know, and around this time, the kids are getting a little bit more serious. They're not as childish anymore. They're kind of hitting and looking forward to preteens. And everyone's like, yeah, I want to be this. I want to be this because X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And I'm there. I'm like, oh, well, I want to be a painter. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a mind doctor. I want to be an astronaut. And I just keep listening. And my hormone teacher goes like, but you know, right? You can't be at all. And I just gave her this look like, what do you mean I can't be at all? There's, there's no freaking way that I cannot be at all. And I was so determined because I kind of grew up in this culture where I saw my parents do a lot of different things where professionally, maybe they would be doing one thing, but on the side, they would be doing multiple different things. And even though it was not a full-blown conversation that, hey, this is this is a real thing. This is an actual freaking thing that people do and are fully tapped into. That's just the vibe that I was nurtured with. So fast forward to reaching around the age of 15 and around that time, my career counselor was like, you know what? We're starting to look at universities and I'm like, I'm going to get into an Ivy League university and I'm going to be doing 
honors, double honors. And she was like, you know, that usually doesn't happen. I'm like, it's going to happen. And I remember having these really tough conversations with adults around me, mostly adults. Um, my friends were kind of in the same flow where they're like, ah, we're not sure we might just settle for X, Y, or Z. But I was highly fucking ambitious. <laughs> I didn't understand whenever someone would ask me, so Sway, did you find this difficult? Or did you find this hard? I wouldn't understand the concept of what something, what it meant for something to be hard or difficult. The way I looked at the world, and just for context, I'm autistic, and I've always been called a high-functioning autistic. So as a neurodivergent, the way I look at the world and the way I've always looked at obstacles is from a very solution-driven mindset. Like, oh, I want that? How can I do that? Or how can I overcome it? Instead of just looking at the problem. Like the problem is almost invisible to me. I'm just seeing the ley lines of how the problem is connecting to the solution. So back to the career counselor and having these conversations, adults around me kept on telling me, oh my God, it's such a waste of potential. You are doing so many magnificent. I was an A-star student. So for further context, I was just getting A-stars in every single thing. And so the adults around me were like, you would do great if you just went for this university or this university. But I was really hell bent that I do not want to be in my adulthood feeling like I missed out on opportunities just because the environment around me is trying to tell me that you will miss out on opportunities if you don't do X, Y, Z. And as a child, I was really, really in tune with the fact that I believe in myself. And that was something that was no one could deter that. No matter how many times someone told me like, your worth is this, your worth is that. And of course I felt hurt. I felt broody. I felt like, you know, I'm going to show you one day. But as I transitioned and moving through that phase of a 15 year old, I also was in a dysfunctional home and I left home. I decided if I want to make myself a priority and if I really want to be someone who speaks the truth and lives the truth, I have to take a step. So 15 year old me was fucking scared, <laughs> left home with a bag with almost nothing. Um, I was homeless for quite a bit. And one final day in the middle of my homelessness, I got a call from my friend. I had my little Nokia phone, if you remember those. <laughs> and she was like, by the way, the administrator from this university is trying to get in touch with you. I'm like, what? Okay. And I had given her home number. So we went and she called back and the administrator was like, oh, the dean wants to meet you. You're going to get a 50% scholarship and uh, we can discuss a double honors. And that's kind of where my, my expansion as a multi-potentialite began as someone who was like, I'm not going to give up on the different opportunities that my multiple interests can bring. So moving from there, I graduated with double honors in uh, psychology, in cognitive behavioral psychology, specialized as a cognitive behavioral psychologist. I also did a double honors in English literature and language. I also went ahead and specialized in arts and entertainment journalism. And after that, I was just on a road on picking up certifications after certifications. I'm also a hypnotherapist, which I know you relate with, and just a bunch of other things. Fast forward to being about 1920, I was already in a full-time corporate job. 
And I was a special educator. I specifically worked with adults and children on the spectrum. And I loved the work that I was doing. I was so deeply passionate because I knew I was making an impact. And every work that I was doing was bringing back a reflection towards me as a neurodivergent as well, especially a person of color, a neurodivergent person of color. And at that time, I just got tired of the system. I was one of those, I don't know if you want to call it a typical story, but I got tired of the system. I saw the cracks and no matter who I was speaking to, what I saw was that I was being awarded. I got the youth lead, uh, youth thought leader award as a special educator because I was bringing innovative ideas. But what I saw was that that award that was given to me was just for the sake of, hey, keep bringing up ideas and we'll keep shutting them down. <laughs> and to me, that was a bunch of bollocks. That was just not my cup of tea, not my vibe. And I quit. I quit around almost a decade ago. Yeah, almost a decade ago. And at that time, I was with my then boyfriend, who's now my husband. And I told him, listen, I'm going to do things differently. And I'm going to do things in a way that feel that they light me up. And that's kind of my entrepreneurial journey started. I started speaking at seminars, started talking about change, started talking about things that I had been through. I went from multiple different phases to being a mental health educator, to a mental health coach, to a, a mindset business coach, to a mentor. And then finally, just bringing all of them together. I today am a multi-potentialite entrepreneur with six different businesses and my journey is really about me becoming the representation that I wanted to see when I was younger. So that's me in a nutshell. Oh my gosh. I love hearing your whole story because you and I have had so many conversations, but it's just to hear your whole journey is like so beautiful. And I love it too, because obviously I'm looking at your human design chart. <laughs> and yeah. And so I just want to, I just want to point out a couple of things that I'm seeing here that I really love. So just so the listeners know, she is a two corresponding projector. So we have the root to the spleen defined and then the heart center to the G center defined. And I love this wow. because that, I mean, you have two out of four motor centers defined, right? But like that heart and that drive is just so like you, you know what I mean? And so I love it yeah. when, when I, especially when I see a projector that has like their heart center defined, like that gives the drive. My mom is a two force splenic projector, same connection yeah, with the heart. Me. Yeah. And so I just really love seeing that. And also the, the 17th gene key or gate being in your conscious son, like that idealism and that light, like seeing things differently because that lives in the Ajna, like that just that just makes so much sense. And the drive from the heart center going into the G center and you being like, this is who I am. This is where yeah. I'm going. And just unapologetically <laughs> going in that direction. Like I'm telling you, human design is no joke. Like I, I couldn't help myself. I was listening. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I love being able to see how your story is showing up right now. Oh, that was so good. That was yeah. amazing. No, you're so bang on. I mean, and a kind of an added layer to that is that every single time when I was feeling like I have a shift and I'm about to move into an expansion before the dialogue or the narrative was like, oh my God, you know, scarcity, scarcity, scarcity might not make sense. But there was always this hidden layer. I always had this voice inside me that I just know, even though I know a change is coming, it's just that I knew that change was a big part of my realignment. 
And then when I came across my human design, I was like, holy shit, the defined self-center makes sense now. <laughs> you know, it's like, no matter what change I go through, I just know that the change is a big part of my evolution, you know? So yeah, that, that kind of helps me really tap into my multi-potentiality. And I was just having a conversation yesterday with someone who was like, Sway, what makes you a successful entrepreneur? I'm like, I just think it's me being me, <laughs> like yes. ruthlessly me being me. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. Also the 51st gate is in your Mercury, which is like what you're here to share and communicate. So like the way that you you know, you cause these awakenings and realizations, like even what you were just sharing in terms of your own like expansion and awakenings, like it's like a shocking thing, you know? And so you sharing that and even just you give this example, like all throughout your childhood in school. And they're like, you're like, oh, I'm going to go do this thing. And they're like, oh, yeah. well, I don't really know. And you're like, no, this is what's happening. So it's just like the yeah. shocking thing. Like, why is this 15 year old planning out their <laughs> entire life? How do they know? You know what I mean? Which is hilarious, but it's also so perfect. No, absolutely. My parents had a uh, had a ball of a time. They were like, oh, you're going to bring shame to a family. And uh, humor is my one of my coping mechanisms. All right. So I know that these themes are very, very real and all of that stuff. Um, but honestly, when I was having these conversations, I was like, no, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to do me blah, 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 all of that stuff. And they were just like, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, it does. And I just love that 15-year-old me just knew shit. And, you know, it's a big reflection of my life's work as an omniscience in my 17th uh, gene key. I'm, when I realized it, I was like, holy shit. Like, now it makes makes sense why younger Sway was as the way she was and why I am the way I am. So, yeah, yes. bang, bang on. And also I love just so the listeners know, cause I've talked about having a completely open throat center and you have a completely open throat center. And I feel like this, it kind of, the open throat center kind of has a 51 vibe in my opinion, where you just, you say things and you shock people because of how blunt it is. Like there's no piddle paddling around. And so when you were sharing your journey and I was just seeing like, oh yeah, there's the open throat telling you like it is. Right. And the other thing I was loving too, was like you being a two, four is that you know, you talked about your experience of having this ease, but also the solution-based focus on how you approach mm -hmm. obstacles in your life. But that's such a two-line, especially conscious two-line, where when you, you do the things that you do, like there is this naturalness and this natural ability to, yeah. to do this, right? But also too, even one of the last things that you said when you were sharing your story around, you know, you becoming the representation that you wanted to see, like in your growing up and leadership and everything, is that I feel like that's also a very four-line experience where it's like, you're going to bring the resources and the connection to the people that you work with. And I know like through the summits and the events and the collaborations that you do even now in your business, because we've had a few conversations now, like that's such a four-line experience. So we're just, yeah. we're just reading the whole chart here, friends. This is great. I love it because it's so true. I was just, I know you had a, a collaboration with Claire. I was just having a conversation with Claire like yesterday and she was like, uh, we were just, you know, bouncing off two projectors, right? Talking about how um, we're always having healthy projections through our evolutions, right? And then one of the things she was like, oh, so, you know, you're, you're such a resourceful person. You're so, in the big part of your brand is that you're kind of a go-to person for X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I love that. I didn't recognize that before. And I, I remember feeling like we often talk about branding for multi-potentialites. It's one of my cores as someone who is an intuitive vision and brand architect. 
And I remember telling her, and this was kind of one of my reflection moments today morning. I was like, there are a lot of things as a projector, especially a splenic projector who's so like intuition is an extension of me, but I also recognize that my intuition is the driver of my chariot, you know? So having that, I know that there's a separation with my intuition, but also there's a full blown integration with it. And being seen or felt into for things that are just easeful to me. That was my biggest wounds as a child. I would always be told with a lot of adults like, oh, you know, this is hard. If this is something easy for you, oh, that could be easy for everyone. Oh, it's easy. You know, you're getting A, Bs and A pluses and Bs. That must be easy for everyone. And that was like, oh, I'm not being celebrated for things that come easeful to me. But then things that will be hot, like maths, my goodness, I have such a love-hate relationship with numbers. When that was hard for me, it would be doubled down on, like, it shouldn't be hard for you. And if it's hard, that means it's going to be beneficial for you if you overcome it. And there was this weird vibe, almost for like, after leaving home, during my homelessness, those just, I was homeless for almost six months to a year. And it was just on and off, couch surfing, hopping, dorm hopping, and then getting out again. There was a lot of trauma that was kind of going in a recycle mode. And during that time, my self-worth wound was so inflamed to the point I would bring up questions about like, what is authenticity to me? Because what I there are so many things that come easy to me. At, ever since I was a kid, naturally big concepts would be like, you know, stardust to me. I would understand it like a pixie right? Pixie who's just going about sharing stardust. But then it was so under-celebrated that it made me feel that, hey, whatever comes easy to me is probably not the way to my success. I need to do things the hard way. And so, yeah, that was that was a big challenge. And I, I remember feeling I had turned 16. And during that time, almost everything was sorted. I was living in dorms. But it was so difficult for me to be able to share anything with anyone around me. And at that time, I was still dreaming big. I was dreaming so big. And I remember picking out my journal, writing poetry. I'm a poet, for those who don't know. I'm just writing out my poetry. I'm writing my heart out. And I'm like, as I'm writing, I am noticing the two voices, the one that has that's so wrapped up with the wound, and also this internal maternal uh energy that's kind of wrapping around the wound it's like it's okay it's all right let's look at it from this way and that's when I realized holy shit that my intuition is such a separate part of me but it's also so ingrained in me and that actually promoted or played a big factor in who I am today it actually allowed me to become so authentic with the conversations I'm having or in the way I'm bringing forth the safety that I'm providing for myself or with anyone else in conversations. So yeah, I feel my entire chart is the epitome of every single thing that I do as an entrepreneur, as a multi-potentialite entrepreneur. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so many things I want to amplify in this. So I really feel when you were sharing about, it's funny because we think about this as an adult, we look at these stories of, oh, you know, the, the patriarchy and capitalism and you need to work hard and more effort equals more results. Like that's like a very adult way of thinking. But when you mm. gave those examples of like 
math and school. And it's like, I was, I, I don't know why, but that just brought me so much clarity. Cause I also struggled in math. I did so many yeah. math classes in high school. It was stupid. And it's just like, Oh, Kayla, this is hard for you. We need to get you help so that you can get better at it. Like it was just like this thing. And then yeah. for example, if you were really good at English, you had to make English harder. You had to go into the honors class. Like, it's like everything was fucking position to yeah. if it's flowy and easy, Oh, it needs to be harder. You're not being challenged enough. Like this is, I don't know. It's so interesting how the way you just positioned this from a young child, you know, high school, middle school experience. And then I'm like, oh my God, no, I can see why here we are as an adult, as an entrepreneur. And we're like working so fucking hard to the bone because it's like our 13 year old self running the show of like, oh, if it's too easy to show off and be authentic, you must not be sharing enough. You must not be doing this. And then we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing ourselves. So that's like, that was the first thing. And then your core wound is Gene Key 6 which is my conscious earth, but the shadow of conflict. It's just so interesting how it's like all of these things were conflicts. It's like, oh, it's too easy conflict. Let's, you know, how are we going to figure this out? Right. And so I just thought that was so interesting because that diplomacy and you talking about celebrating, it's like, okay, well, actually let's like look at the situation. I'm really great at doing these things. Like, how am I going to celebrate this? Acknowledge it. Like, it's a very diplomatic approach. And then there gets to be this piece where it's like, okay, I don't have to make things harder. I don't have to justify myself. I don't have to do things in the way that society says I have to do them. Like, that's ultimately peace is like the surrendering and letting go. So I was like listening to you share that whole chapter. And I was like, core wound right there. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're so freaking right. I mean, with my, my, core wound the conflict literally is always around relationships literally always around relationships and it took me a while to understand that the relationship is just is beginning with me that relationship of conflict is first inner conflict that always shows up in my outer world in some way or the other um and then that's how I bring forth the diplomacy and I had to be diplomatic with myself. And when I say this, when I began first saying it, like diplomatic with myself, it sounded so weird and sounded like, oh, am I, am I trying to bring myself in a position of, you know, being subdued in a way? Am I trying to like, you know, turn down a volume that I'm hearing? But then later down the line, what I realized was it's just, and it kind of plays into my life's work, the Gene Key 17, is that being I kind of have the flavor of bringing forth the diplomacy I also have the gates in my I think in my um where was it in my self-center I have the gate of listening yeah the 13th yeah the 13th uh gate I think that just kind of channels into the way I you know have the diplomacy to myself being so fully open to hear what 15 year old me had to say what 10 year old me has to say what you know the teenage version of me has to say what the adult version of me has to say and go like okay how can I how can I meet all these expectations demands yearnings desires meet from a place of eternal peace for whatever my evolution is whether it's you know being a mom today it's it's such a different space that I'm navigating from you know a year ago or two years ago And I think that is the reflection that I constantly come back to when I'm thinking about my journey as someone who's pursuing whatever I'm pursuing, which is multi-potentiality. And one of the things that I've noticed is (laughs) as an entrepreneur, I always say that it's when you embrace the chaos, 
there is literally nothing that, and I know you have this in your gene key, I think the rapture, was it? Like, no, I don't have, I think that's the, that might be the 26. Turbulence. I'm forgetting. Yeah. Turbulence. Oh, the 36. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. 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 I think, I think when we were having a previous moment, it just brought me back to it. It's like getting so deep into the chaos that that's the only way to find peace, you yeah. know? And for me, that's the conflict. That's this particular gene, uh, gene key for me to go so deep into the conflict, to understand the core of the conflict, to understand the multiple aspects of the conflict, to then come to the diplomatic space of how do I listen to all of these narratives within me and still bring forth something that means a lot to me and still allows me to process and project in a healthy way, you know? Yes. And yeah. you know what? I want to talk about the 59th gate because that's on the other side of the channel with the sixth gate in the emotional solar plexus. And it's funny because I've I've had this conversation with a few people who have the six as a hanging gate, whether it's conscious or unconscious. But I find when we have an, an undefined gate across from a hanging gate that we do have, that's a space for conditioning because that energy is inconsistently available unless somebody else has it or it's in the transits and so on. And so what I really find is with this conflict is that I've always really seeked transparency and honesty, which are the gifts and cities of the 59th, right? Yeah. And that shadow of dishonesty is like, like that, like absolutely drives me insane. Like it, it's so interesting, but it's like through the transparency that I find that that peace, right? Because that there's that whole channel. But I also think, and you have a completely open throat center too. And I noticed that when people withhold communication, that's like an automatic conflict aggravator yeah. for me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, it's so obvious that you're not saying what you need to say and that there's like a lack of honesty there. And I'm like seeking that, like it's the yeah. 59th, even though it's not in my chart and it's not in yours either. I'm curious if you resonate with that because we both have the six, both have an open throat. I so do. You have no idea. There have been so many conversations, especially when I'm onboarding a new client. This is like real life example. I am just speaking to someone and I always look at my relationships in the entrepreneur space. When I started, it was such a conflict for me because I'm like, but people are telling me to do it this way. And then so should I do it this way? And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to do it this way. It felt icky to me. So I just started having conversations. I went back to my roots, which kind of brought me to my entre entrepreneurial space either which ways, but having conversations, having conversations. And I would pick up <laughs> when the conversation was not get, getting to the level of intimacy that I know that needed to happen. And when I say need, I'm being very subjective, not objective to like what the need means, like, oh, it must be, but needed to happen for there to be fulfillment, right? On both ends. And I could sense that there was, you know, like the person was maybe not sharing what they wanted to share. Maybe they were not speaking their mind or maybe they were just withholding information from a space of not feeling safe, right? And when I would get into that, that would be a reflection zone for me as well. I'm like, okay, I, I'm recognizing that this person is not feeling safe to share this. How am I not feeling safe to share, not share something as well? Because I believe there were projections of each other throughout, right? So when this happens, I always take a minute and I'm like, okay, what, what is happening from my end? That's kind of, you know, adding to the flavor of us not being able to reach that intimacy. 
But yeah, I 100% agree. I feel that as well in conversations. And I know for me, transparency, I, I would say is like one of my top, like ethicality is a big thing for me. And so transparency plays into that a lot. When I have conversations and I feel like someone's bullshitting, <laughs> I do not have, I do not have a problem to say that they're bullshitting. I literally, I remember two days ago or three days ago, someone just sent me an email saying like, hey, I need this please investigate it. Please tell your team to investigate it. Now, everyone who knows me, I'm a die hard lover of my team. I've got six different businesses. I've got over 50 people that work with me and I love each one of them and I honor each one of them. If there is something that's said about them, that's a direct thing towards me. So when this individual was like, please investigate this with your team and get back to me, I was like, Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I got back to them like, I don't know what's happening, but I do not appreciate this channel, right? This channel of information. I'm sure that your intention could have been communicated in a multiple array of ways that wouldn't have, you know, placed to the sense of uncomfortability for both of us. And that's when I realized, holy shit, I'm so good at being diplomatic and getting my message across. <laughs> so it always plays in. I feel like I attract conflict just to become the solver, to learn, to then increase my diplomatic skills. That's so good. Oh my gosh. Actually, I kind of see myself in that as well, where these things like, here's an example. This weekend, I was at a rugby tournament and I was in a small group of people that were on my team. And one of the people started talking about somebody else on the team who was not there. And it was mm. just really awkward. Like, oh, this person was the worst player on the field today, like literally. And I just like no one, there's four of us sitting there. No one said anything. I just put my hand on his shoulder and I said, hey, uh, I don't want to hear you talking negatively about people on the team. It's just it's just not constructive, like mm. so diplomatic and just immediately shut down the conflict. And so it's so interesting, like you saying that I was like, Oh, wow, maybe I do that without really realizing it, even though it's consciously defined in my chart. So it's so interesting how the shadows like interesting, right? Like when you said yeah. just now, because it's consciously defined in your chart, it is again, it goes back to the concept, it's easy to us because it's second nature. So we don't immediately realize that, oh, this is this is just a part of how I work or how I process. This was the same thing for me. So I think that's where, when they say it's consciously defined in our charts, in whether DNTs or human design, I think it brings back to the attention, like, this is how you're designed. You're not supposed to be paying attention that, oh, is this the way I do this really? You know? Yes, that makes so much sense. It is naturally available within us. And what I notice about the unconscious is that it might just take us a bit more time to realize it, or it really has to do with like a, the body, right? Because the unconscious yeah. side has to do with their body, which is like so fascinating. Okay. I really want to dive into some of the questions or topics that you brought up in terms of like the work that you do. And obviously we've like went down a massive jinkies human design rabbit hole, which I'm definitely not mad about. I freaking love that. But I would Same. love, can you, can you elaborate on the work that you do with entrepreneurs and, you know, visionaries and so on? What does it mean to support them with embracing and channeling their multi-potential identity to create their own abundance and become an iconic creative entrepreneur? Like what, what does that look like? And what is this? And obviously you can share how it lights you up and all the things. 
first of all, I love the word multi-potentiality. So multi-potentiality is when you're fully embracing everything that makes us human. Now there is a scientific term. There's also, you know, a dictionary term, but for me, being a multi-potentialite means embracing your multifaceted self, multi-dimensional self, and really channeling that through channels of you showing up in this space or that space or this space. And the best way I can explain that is right now, this conversation that I'm having with you, this is me representing my brand. The words I speak, the way I speak them, the way I'm communicating with them, the, communi the way I'm communicating them to you is all based on the fact that because I have clear communication within myself, with myself, about what it means for me and how I view my potentiality. So speaking to that, the second space that I speak to when I speak of multi-potentiality is no, there was one thing that always, I would say, triggered me, is always having to choose a path that seemed logical. And I always say, follow intuition intuition, and logic will follow. And that's always happened with me, but that's because I'm a spinner projector. But it also works with every single human being because we're multifaceted, because we're multidimensional, we don't wear just one hat. Neither you, neither me, neither the listeners. We're always playing so many different characters, so many different variances of who we are. And we bring so many different flavors to situations, to relationships, to conversations to communities with the way we work. And when we speak of, you know, tools that we just dive, dove into, like human design jinkies, that shows the variances, the capacity that we as humans hold. And so given so, the one thing that brings to attention is what does it mean then to have a purpose, right? And for me, that was a big question. For me, I'm a lover of big questions. So when I was exploring the term purpose, I realized that society doesn't like to talk about the real concept of purpose, which is purpose is ever evolutionary. It's ever evolving. Our purpose does not look the same from today to tomorrow to day after. And so when we feel shifts, for example, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I opened up my media production house. And whilst that was the first thing I stepped into, the shifts that came after that allowed me to create my six different businesses, it wasn't me moving into a completely different space. It was just redirection of energy, realignment to further expand into my potential, right? So that's the big sphere that I love talking about. The second angle of that is that I love, love, and I'm so passionate about activating powerful, revolutionary, iconic brands for multi-potentialites who do not want to be blocked or spaced into a niche, who believe that, hey, I want to be able to wake up, let's say on a Wednesday and sell something that's completely unheard of. But when my audience does hear it, they go like, that is so, that is so Sway, or that is so Kayla, or that is so this, or that is so that. And that is what I resonate with, right? I have multiple different offers and none of them, when a business coach, a traditional business coach listens to my product, they're like, uh, they're so off niche. I'm like, that's the whole point. I'm anti-niche because I don't believe in niching down. And all my products for my audience, for my community, when they hear them, they go like, that is so sway or that is so what she does or she talks about or she's passionate about. 
And that's where I bring alignment to personal fulfillment, which is your passions that in that light you the fuck up and actually bridge them to financial freedom. So you don't have to compromise between the two and you feel the personal fulfillment while evolving in your career as someone who is deeply, who deeply gives a fuck about leaving an impact, but also wants to increase your revenue, wants to do things that light you up without having to compromise or feel boxed into, hey, sky's the only limit, because it's not, right? And yeah, that's that's basically what I love doing. I love exploring visions. I love exploring the deep ends of the visions. I love exploring how they want to be manifested. And I love talking and bringing forth awareness to how branding as a multi-potentialite takes a little bit more thought. Because as multi-potentialite, which I believe everyone is, we are in itself iconic because of our variants of things that we're interested in, that we love dabbling into. We already have a blueprint for success. It's inevitable. It's inevitable for everyone. It's just the way we channel that success. And when success, when we're channeling our variances, our multipotent identity in a way that's in alignment to us, it's just easier to reach from point A to point B and keep evolving from point B to point C and so forth. But when there is this gap, and I like calling this the bridge, the bridge between being a dreamer to a visionary. There's a big difference between these two frequencies. As a dreamer, you're coming from this place of, will it be possible for me? Can I do this? Can I step, step into this? But as a visionary, you're fully embodied into the frequency of, I know I got to do this and I know how to do this. I just need to do it. Where you're freely aligning the implementation with the integration, which goes back to the energetics. So yeah, that's that's the work that I do in, in, in its beautiful complexities just as myself. I really love this so much. Like I'm listening to you and it's interesting because it was like a little bit hypnotic the way that you were sharing. And I was just like in, my mind was like in the cosmos in the sense of like, oh my God, this feels so spacious. You know, it feels so spacious and it feels so inclusive. And there's just this this space for authenticity and also just, the focus is so intentional on what who that person's being and what it is that they're doing that it feels simple because it's not like there's this inauthentic strategy coming in that you have to do x y and z to achieve you know abc right like it's just and it's so it's so fascinating to me too because really hearing you know the the 15, 16 year old sway coming through in this of like, fuck all you bitches. I'm going to bulldoze everything down. And like, I don't care about your obstacles. And these are just the focus is how do you get to where you want to go? It's not, am I going to get there? It's how are you going to get there? And so I find that like, so refreshing. Oh yeah. No, I mean, for me as a, like, I, I really always love connecting to my inner child. I'm such a big advocate like if you're not connected yet or if you're not playing with that little girl or a little boy there or whoever they are in their magicalness you're missing out because my most potent ideas come from the 15 year old me or the 10 year old me who was doodling and talking about xyz i recently just um i'm playing with an offer it's called the iconic multi-potential mastermind it's not fully launched yet and when i was playing with this i was like hmm 
what would I, what would I like to add to this? What would I like to concoct in it? And the entire syllabus, I tell you, Kayla, this is such a mismatch. But when my community tapped into it, and I was just having a conversation, it was a market research call, and they were like, this is so you. This is so you, and this is so me. Because again, it dives into the whole multi-potentiality and not being held back and really being tapped into the new luxury that we're tapping into this era. And I call that the new luxury of today is accessibility, inclusivity, ethicality, sustainability. It's no longer, like, I, I like to say this, that I had this, uh, I was giving a seminar the other day where I was like, we are smartphones in the world of perfumes, okay? One, you know, we were once upon a time when we were selling phones, it was for that one function, calling. Today, you you and I are not going to buy phones or any device just because of that one purpose. And so it comes back to the fact that we are so multi-purpose that our brands reflect that multi-purposeness. And it will show up authentically once we feel truly ingrained and actually accept that, hey, this is this is a huge part of our design. This is a huge part of who we are. And that allows us to evolve through our different phases of evolution without scaring our community. Because I had a recent switch. Before the summit, I was operating from a different frequency. Now I'm operating from a different frequency. And when I made that switch, I had to let go of a few clients. And it was a very brutal conversation. But there was a level of trust that I cultivated because, again, this is just me being a splitting protector, right? And I've cultivated this space of trust with my clients where I'm like, I need to evolve and fully step into my evolution because there's a difference between being aware that you're about to evolve and actually getting involved, right? Stepping into the evolution. And I, I told them right now, the space that I'm working with you in is not going to serve you because it doesn't serve me. And there has to be that alignment. And most of them were like, they were so understanding. I love, I love the people that I work with. But also they were like, we don't get it, but we trust you, Sway. <laughs> you let us know when you're ready. And that was something that I worked. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so honest. I didn't work really hard for it. It came easy to me, and I, I leveraged that. I leveraged the fact that I can create safe spaces within myself, within the people that I'm speaking to, to allow them to feel that hey, freedom can look like anything to me at any given moment, while getting in the way of my evolution, because we change as people. Change is the most ine inevitable thing, right? So when this transition happened, and now every single one of them that I took a break from, they came back. And my goodness, the potential that has expanded for them, it just brings me to tears sometimes because it just reassures me and makes me see, like obviously as a projector, I need to see myself first before anyone else sees me, right? It made me feel so seen by myself. My 15-year-old me was so fucking proud of me. was like, Sway, yes, you did that. You're making our dreams come true. And to be in that space of, I tapped into my next potential and now it's serving that. So for me, it's all about that impact, that impact that I'm creating that allows the people that I'm connecting with to continue creating impact, right? So yeah. That was so good. And I, one of the things that really stuck out to me is when you, when you said specifically about inclusivity, accessibility, like these being luxuries, and it's so funny because I could see how 
I mean, my open Ajna is like, oh, I could see how that would piss some people off. Like those shouldn't be luxuries. Those should be, you know, like people are entitled to that, like, and so on. But here's the thing. The way that we respect luxuries are very different to things that are just normalized, right? Like it's just, so it's like, okay, if you actually can place that as, okay, let's make this a luxury for everyone. It just shifts the narrative a little bit. You know, like when you go, like you can go out to a restaurant and eat, you can go to like a fast food restaurant, or you might actually go to like a fancier restaurant and it's like, okay, it's going to call you in to dress up, to make a reservation, to request a certain table, to consider, are we going to do multiple course meals or one meal? Like there it's, the luxury is taken more seriously. So maybe that's why it's so important to say that these things yeah. get to be a luxury. And like uh, the irony, the paradox is that they get normalized in that state rather than being something that's so far-fetched because there's such a fine line when people start popping off about accessibility, inclusivity and ethics and all of that, where it's like, it's not this, it's not this. Like people aren't doing this. Like they're so focused on the negative. It's like, you just keep repeating the fucking past. And it's like, well, how are you going to be, how are you going to contribute to the shift of accessibility, inclusivity, and change the language? Because it's the current language is creating the current reality of that experience for people that is creating the same shit over and over again. So I was just like, as soon as you said that, you said so much in that share, but that was just so vibrant for me that I had to amplify it because you and I have had conversations about accessibility and being, you know, mindful and just shifting language and so on. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're so right about that. Like the entire example that you gave of going to, um, you know, a restaurant that might need, might make you desire to, you know, dress up a little bit more and tap into that frequency. I don't see what's wrong with that. You know, in fact, I feel like it's an addition. Like, for example, when we get mad, this is the biggest example I give my clients when they talk about like, hey, how can I brand myself in this way where I am bringing forth accessibility, ethicality and all of that and bringing it from a space of luxury, the frequency of luxury. The way I look at it is imagine you get angry, right? And you know, the you're in a funk and to get out of that funk, you need to do this one little thing. Maybe it could be take a breather, take a walk out in nature or listen to some really good music you know that there will be a shift once you tap into that frequency. So you know you will feel good once you tap into that frequency. So the same way, going to a restaurant like that, where it brings forth this this space for you to dress up a little bit more, it's going to make you feel good. You know it's going to make you feel good. So why not? And I feel like the people who talk about, uh, no, it shouldn't be a luxury because I... This was a big part of my seminar last week. I was talking about the fact that the people who mostly are operating from this are people who are still speaking to people's pain points. Like you need to heal from this. You need to fix from this. I no longer use that language anymore because I don't resonate with it. And I don't think anyone who is, you know, fully aware humans, like I, don't, I, I personally am not speaking to anyone who is not aware that they are, you know, evidently in the space of tapping into the greatest potential or greatest evolution possible for them. I'm speaking to those who are aware of this, right? And those who are aware of this, they don't want to hear that they have X, Y, Z list of things that they need to heal from or need to fix because as aware human beings, we're already aware of the loops, faults, and, you know, nuances and facets to ourselves. We don't need that to be in our face. Obviously there are spaces for that to be done. 
So I've completely stopped that. I'm not speaking to people who are coming from a place of scarcity because only people who do are, you know, kind of operating from that scarcity say these really, I want to say uneducated, and I call this uneducated because there's a big history behind what ethicality, what accessibility, inclusivity really looks like. Take this uneducated stance of it should be this way. And no, you have to speak to it this way to get this. Which again, kind of plays into the whole factor of, you know, what comes easy to us is often told to us that you shouldn't focus on developing or nurturing that skill or bringing forward that skill. It should be more things that you find hard or uncomfortable, right? In society, every single time in situations, it's kind of pushing us in these places like uncomfortability, go grow from this. I feel like that's, while while there are many benefits to that, I feel when we're growing, there's so many beautiful, nurturing, expansive ways to grow within things that feel useful, especially yes. when we're growing a business and brand. Totally. I really love the way that you approach your work. It's it's very flowy and spacious, like I said, but I really think that it creates a space for duality where it's like, you don't have to be healed. You don't have to be fixed. You You might still be experiencing marginalization, racism, whatever, but and it's not a but it's an and we get to move forward and I really love that it's like we're taking if you need to taking all the baggage but it will naturally fall off as you continue to work on being authentic showing up focusing on your brand your vision and your commitments because all of those things are expansive and if they're expanding other things have to fall away naturally but maybe they can fall away easily rather than like oh I need to go and like I don't know, do this really intense therapy for X amount of time that I don't enjoy. And it's a struggle. There's nothing wrong with therapy. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that maybe it doesn't have to be as hard, but I also Mm -hmm. don't want to invalidate people who've had a difficult experience, but it's like, what if you could see this differently? You know, my open, open Ajna there. And I know yours is undefined. So our brains are just like, what about this? Seeing it like this? You're so right. No, this is this. I'm so glad you brought up the, 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 aspect of those like there's nothing wrong with therapy I myself as a psychologist I actually use therapy in my work and it's a big part of my process and the reason why I I'm doing that is because I want to change the narrative behind therapy it doesn't have to look like the way society says it looks like most people that I have therapy with we have fun we you know, it's not about always grinding within the trauma sometimes. And I say this myself because I'm human. It's not like I've healed from my trauma. And I don't think that within this lifetime, I'm going to heal from a specific trauma because I feel that there are levels to discovering a trauma and levels to healing. And the healing looks different as we move forth in our journeys, right? And when, and as a psychologist who went through therapy herself, I wanted to change the narrative around this. I wanted to change, but even therapy felt to me inexclusive. It felt like there was a level of, oh, it's just got to be this way. We're going to have to, you know, play with the past to get to the present to then move on to the future, which I'm like, I love that. But there could be, there could be a different approach, a more heart-centered, a more heartfelt approach where we didn't have to feel so difficult and every session doesn't have to end up with end up with crying. There was actually a real conversation that I had with one of my uh, practice, practicing psychologists who was like, you know, sometimes, and obviously this probably sounds really shit, but sometimes it seems like it's an achievement when a client cries in a therapy session. 
And I know that's really hard to hear. And when I was having this conversation, I was very, very aware what this meant. And I wanted to change the narrative around that. It, it's, it shouldn't be an achievement either way. <laughs> Crying doesn't always mean you're healing. <laughs> Crying does not always mean like, hey, you know, work is being done. We're processing. No, you know, and I wanted to, and fun doesn't always have to be loud. That's what I mean by like the therapy sessions that I'm bringing forth in my work. A lot of the times that I work with aspiring visionaries who want to bring this next level of impact, who want to, you know, realign their financial freedom with their full potentiality, their whole rounded self. We do have conversations that require so much depth. And for that, the therapy sessions that I facilitate often bring forth the flavor of how can we bring this law of duality of this is also there and this is also there. And how can we, again, this is me being diplomatic. My diplomacy <laughs> playing is me just bringing forth that peace and cultivating. For me, it's so important. Like, what does peace look like for you? Because I know what it looks like for me. Do you know what that looks like for you? Or are you trying to follow a particular standard or notion of peace should look like, like that? Success should look like that. Being iconic should look like that. And so when you brought up that whole therapy thing, that that's like a big part of the work that I'm doing. When I left my practice, private practice, a lot of my practicing other psychologists were like, oh, you know, you're not going to make it. I'm like, Again, 15-year-old Sway was like, we'll see about that. We'll see about how I revolutionize and keep trailing, keep blazing trails. But yeah, I, I feel like the, the ethicality aspect is really bringing forth and changing narratives around everything. It's not just around therapy, but every single hyped up notion that there is, you know, and bringing depth to them. That's that's my take on that. Yes, I really I really love how, you are such an authentic embodiment of the way you do one area of life is how you do all areas, which I feel like is, is, is a great definition of integrity, like just that level of honesty across the board. And yeah, I just love, I, I, I don't know. I'm always thriving the nuance. That's people who listen to my podcast channel, the open Ajna situation of just an open throat of just like, we're just gonna have all perspectives here is just bound to happen and I love that this is really so deep in the work that that you're doing and it's like so refreshing and it really I mean my conscious sun energy that 36 the humanity you know having that compassion and just like creating that space for humanity the duality all the things that we talked about it's just like I'm so refreshed right now from this conversation so I really I want to thank you for everything that you shared today and I loved how we just naturally flowed and we went in the cosmos came right back down like the human design the gene keys all the things i'm so grateful that you came on today so i i'm so grateful that we got to expand further like i told you every single time we speak it's like <laughs> so i'm i'm so grateful that you had me on your show i'm so grateful we had such a nurturing conversation you know yes. conversation that needs to be more of honestly Totally. Yes. So nourishing. So before I always ask my interviewees this question before I wrap up the conversation and have you share about where people can connect with you, but what is just a impactful, short wisdom bomb that you feel to intuitively leave with our listeners today? Mm. I feel like there is a lot of, I want to, the word that's coming through is shame. 
whenever we're going through an evolution, there's always going to be, you know, the light that we're drawn towards, but also the shadow that we feel the shame towards of leaving something that we have so wholeheartedly or half-heartedly, but at some level cultivated, right? And I want to bring a, a really soft reminder, there's power in shame. The shadow that you're experiencing when you're going through the shame it is just that reflection reflection point of how can I embrace this even more? How can I give this aspect of me a big tight hug and just really embody it? For me, every time I felt the most shame around something, that was a conversation, a really much needed conversation that I had to have with myself to really understand what's happening. What is the narrative? What real is playing on the back end that's kind of holding me back? from really soaking in the sun, soaking in the light of the next evolution that I'm stepping into. So yeah, that's 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 what's really coming through. If you feel ashamed as you're stepping into your next evolution, like, oh my God, the scarcity, or I'm going to be leaving things behind. What are people going to think about me? Check in with yourself. These are questions you're asking yourself more than anything else. And why are you asking those questions is so much more important than the questions themselves. So yes. yeah. Oh, that was so beautiful. I feel like your your heart center to G center connection is like it's obviously it's so healthy, like that. What is my value? What is my worthiness? Like really coming back to the self and asking those questions and coming home and trusting ourselves. Like I just really love how much you emphasize that in the work that you do. So beautiful. Can you please share with our listeners where they can connect with you? And I will have all the links in the show notes for everyone. Yes. So the best way to connect with me is to tap into the even more expanded version of this frequency at the Sway to Success show, where I drop monthly wisdoms with people around the globe. Sometimes you will hear me chatting about things that really have a lot of depth. Sometimes I'm bringing in my own personal stories, really everything to tie into redefining success for myself and for you, whoever is tapping in. And the other place that I'm loving to hang out is at Instagram, you know, at Sway to Success. That's where I'm chilling and really bringing forth aware-based content and really allowing myself to express myself in my multi-potentiality. Yeah, those would be the two spaces. So beautiful. Thank you again for coming on. And I loved how dynamic our conversation was. It was so much fun. I had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me, Kayla. You're so welcome. And I want to thank the listeners for joining us today in today's conversation. And I hope that you feel lighter and inspired. That's how I feel right now, which is really beautiful. And of course, check out the links in the show notes, connect this way. If you listen to this, share it on social media, tag both of us, share your aha moments. Like we definitely want to hear from you. And if you can take a moment to leave a review, it'll take two seconds to swipe some stars on Spotify or Apple. I would greatly appreciate that. And I'll chat with you in the next episode.